Hello, and welcome to the LT in the City podcast, your monthly dose of motivation, inspiration, and more. I'm your host, L'Oreal Thompson-Payton. On this show, we're all about leaving perfection at the door and showing up as our full, authentic selves. You'll hear from me, along with some special guests, about everything from life and love to work and wellness. So get cozy, because we're going to get into it. Hey everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the LT in the City podcast. This month's guest is Aisha Bo Frisbee, a digital content creator, speaker, and founder of AishaBo.com, a digital destination highlighting all things self-care. She specializes in creating content about lifestyle, beauty, fashion, and wellness topics, emphasizing the importance of internal and external well-being. She's spoken at empowerment events as either a panelist or featured speaker and has been featured on Allure.com, Refinery29, Brides.com. And if you haven't seen her wedding pictures and video, just takes your breath away. So gorgeous. I will link to them in the show notes. Condé Nast Traveler, Cosmopolitan, and many, many more. She's worked with hundreds of brands spanning the categories of beauty, fashion, wellness, food, drink, home, fitness, lifestyle. And I jokingly referred to her on Instagram as the Black Marfa Stewart because she does it all and makes it look so fabulous and effortless. In 2020, Aisha launched her podcast, Rewritten, and in 2022, launched her first product, Letters to Myself, a deck for self-love, which I have have and love. And she's in the process of planning an empowerment retreat for her audience in the fall of 2023, which God willing, I will be there because she is amazing. And I'm just really excited for you all to get to know her. In this conversation, we dive into it all. We talk about Beyonce and the tour and perfectionism and how it shows up in our lives and how we're navigating social media envy as people who spend a lot of time online because of our jobs. And so I'm really excited to get into this conversation and I hope you all enjoy it as well. Without further ado, here's Aisha. Well, thank you, Aisha, so much for joining me today. I'm really super excited to have you here. You're like one of my best Instagram friends. L'Oreal, I'm so happy to be here. You are definitely one of my best Instagram friends, so much so that my husband even knows you by first name and he's never met you. So I love it. Insane. (laughs) I have to tell Jeff, I'm like, yeah, it's Aisha. And I always tell him, I'm like, you remember the one that had the Dyson um, hair dryer? I don't know why that's the one that like sticks out to him, but it does. So, you know, one day we'll meet in real life. We'll get the guys together. We'll have a whole little double date situation and it'll be amazing. I can't wait. Yes. But until then, uh, in the meantime, between time, really excited to talk to you today about all things self-care, soft life. But of course, we have to start with the queen. Beyonce. Oh, yes. Oh, my gosh. So I just got back from Paris after I'm seeing jealous. Beyonce. I, so because I saw your, y'all didn't I saw, tell me. No, I saw your tweet and I was just like, huh. Y'all didn't, the people like, out here in Paris and London, and I'm just going to have to like settle and see her in Chicago, just like, you know, like a regular person or whatever. Oh my I gosh. missed the black girl travel memo, but that's no, okay. It's fine. Honestly, it was just people being thirsty. Like I actually <laughs> would have been fine and waited, but my best friend is super thirsty and like, she has no patience. So she was like, well, I, I won't be able to wait until they get to New York. So we just have to go to Paris. And I'm like, see, uh. that's the kind of friend I need in my life. None of my friends are thirsty. <laughs> enough, I feel like. And so I need to yeah, connect with your friends so that next time I can join the oh Paris and London crew. <laughs> Ugh, oh my gosh. But it was great. It was it was definitely an amazing experience. Beyonce truly is the greatest performer, a living performer right now that we are able to witness. And yes. as I was watching it, I'm my my Virgo self was like, I just need to work harder. I know. <laughs> 
I'm like watching this woman perform and I'm like thinking about how like, okay, when I get back, I'm going to be like so on it. And I'm going to mind you, this is a concert. I need to just be enjoying the moment. But I, you know, she's just so inspiring. So mm-hmm. it was just like, it was definitely a surreal experience. And I'm someone who um, I haven't been to a ton of concerts because they're very expensive. And I'm fortunate enough now to be in a position where I was able to get a ticket. So I definitely did not take it for granted that I was there. And I can definitely understand how how privileged it is to have that type of experience. So I really like soaked it all in. I think I took like the least videos of all my friends. I mean, I tried, but I just I had to be in the moment. I cried. Yeah. For like the first 25 minutes and oh like gosh. it was just yeah it was fantastic so I don't want to spoil anything for anyone but just know it was amazing well and there's like two things here that I love a black girls living their very best lives like come on international flights <laughs> right. airbnbs right. floor seats and everything everybody out here with their fits looking great it's just mm-hmm. like I love that I love that for us that is amazing Yeah, it was so nice. And I mean, like so many people from the States were there, which was great. And I just feel like, you know, no matter where you were seated or, you know, who you came with, everyone really had that like amazing experience. And we came with two people who had never been to Paris before. So they were really excited. So it was really nice to be with them on their first trip in Paris. And I think a lot of women or a lot of people who did travel for the concert, it might have been their first time in Europe, you know. And yeah. so the fact that, you know, it was Beyonce who led them to to make this big leap across the pond is like so dope. I love that. I love that for us. And the second part that is very timely, actually, I saw this morning on Instagram, author and beauty writer Darian Simone Harvin wrote about the show. She was at London and she wrote, I want to read the caption so I get it right. Um, Because this taps into your Virgo tendency. So I was really happy (laughs) we were discussing this today. So she wrote, Imperfection. Before witnessing Renaissance for myself in London, I noticed that Mrs. Carter was shedding her perfection. As a recently recovering perfectionist, I could sense it almost instantly because of being so familiar with the emotional toll of perfectionism myself. She goes on to say, I used to have these moments with Beyonce's art that felt overwhelming to me. Maybe she had a new editorial or performance or rollout of some sort. A pent-up anxiety would rise up in me. At the time, it was hard for me to explain the feeling to my friends. I used to think it was the excellence and I just needed to give myself time to sit with it. But it was the perfection being reflected back to me. And when I tell you that that caption dragged me for absolute filth, because Mm. same. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Every time I see a work of art from Beyonce, I'm just like, I need to level up. I need to level up. I need to get my shit together. Right. I need to make the business plan, the master plan. And just like, I need to, you know, be her like of mm-hmm. what I'm doing. And with that comes a lot of pressure, comes a lot of anxiety, comes a lot of angst. And because I did watch the bootleg of the Sweden show on TikTok, <laughs> when she opened with Dangerously in Love, I was just like, yes, wait a minute, this is, this is different. And mm-hmm. all of the clips I've seen are different. We don't even have like the usual backup dancers that are there. And she looks like she's having so much fun mm-hmm. on stage. So as a fellow Virgo, well, you and Beyonce as Virgos, I'm a Scorpio. <laughs> We're a whole different breed. <laughs> I'm, so, <laughs> I'm a Virgo sun and moon and Scorpio rising. So just imagine what's going yeah. on in my mind. All oh, that's long. beautiful. I love that for you. <laughs> what does your relationship with perfection and even Beyonce, because we'll lump her in there together. The two like are synonymous, I feel like. And having seen Renaissance in person, just kind of like, yeah, where where are you with perfection these days? And how are you navigating? 
Yeah, I think that's an amazing question to ask because personally, I I am a recovering perfectionist and I spent a lot of my life trying to be perfect, trying to put my best foot forward, trying to make sure that everyone liked me. Everyone thought I was the best friend that they could ever have. I was always there, always just always on for everyone else and always using my perfection as a crutch in a way, mm. as opposed to allowing myself to just be and to exist and to myself permission to know that like, I'm enough. I'm so much more than enough. And everyone that is around me, including myself, is fine with who I am. Why am I trying to put on this persona of perfection that does not exist, you know? And as someone who pretty much looks at themselves all day long and listens <laughs> to their voice all day long because I'm like on social media and showcasing content and whatnot, I've come to to realize through lots and lots of hard work that it's just not sustainable. If I do want to be excellent, I can, and I can do so through trial and error. But in terms of being perfect, that's just something that is not going to ever happen. And I'm just going to deplete myself searching for that constantly and fighting for that constantly, because no matter what you do, someone is going to have an opinion on it. And yes, it may be right. It may look beautiful, but perfection is just, it's not, although it's fascinating to see what people think is perfect. It's not, I don't know. It's no longer my pinnacle mm -hmm. and it's not even good enough because I'm someone who will always excel. I think for me, my pinnacle is what feels right and what touches someone else and inspires someone else. And it may not be perfect. I know my journey throughout life has not been perfect, but it's opened so many doors. It's helped me to grow in so many ways. And I've learned so much from the mistakes that I've made. I've learned resilience. I've grown. I've honed in on my craft. I've gotten so much better at things because I failed the first time around or because I didn't do it right the first time around. Not, I've kind of gotten into a space now where I... I'm happy with not being perfect because that means that I'm going to be able to continue to learn, continue to grow, continue to get better. And if anything, I think I'm more so just like in competition with myself and in competition with like that growth and that expansion within myself, as opposed to now striving for perfection. And I've also come to realize that when resonating with my audience, when like sharing any content or talking to my audience, they really just value those imperfect moments, those moments where I show up with no makeup on or where I stutter over something. Or there was one time I did a, a cocktail class on live and I didn't test out the cocktail before the class and I popped the, I don't know if you were on it, but I like I was popped, on that. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I like popped the pear in it and in the champagne and the champagne exploded all over the place. But, <laughs> you know, like it's those things. It's like it's a learning lesson, but it's also it's real, mm -hmm. you know, and not to say that doing your best isn't real because I'm like I said, I'm still going to do my best. But perfection for me, I've realized this is, this is a long way of saying is is not very sustainable. And I think that Beyonce is also realizing her own humanity. And I think probably through her kids and um, being a mother, she's come to realize that that it's not sustainable anymore trying to be perfect because she messed up on a few shows along the way. Mm -hmm. And her she messed up with giving her boss, Blue Ivy, the fist bump 
and I know, yeah. <laughs> <I smell> that. <laughs> you know, so like I and I value that because I'm sure she didn't go back there and like beat herself up because, you know, there's always another day to start again, another week to try again. And I think entrepreneurship really, really helped me to to shed this this need to constantly be perfect. And let's go there because I know you have a story journey. Um, I'm not even gonna say started from the bottom. Now you're here because you're oh no, I started from the bottom. That girl, no, <laughs> that's not true. <laughs> I don't think that. Or I, maybe I came in like midway through the journey and I saw that you know when you were at like the middle. <laughs> but tell us a little bit more because there's like there's just so much I want to unpack there. There's me like trying to get to where you and Darian are with becoming recovering perfectionists because I'm not even at the recovering part, even though I wrote a book about like literally the title is stop waiting for perfect. So lots to unpack there. Um, And similar to Beyonce, parenting has a way of humbling you Mm -hmm. and perfectionism and parenting don't go together. But then the entrepreneurship journey that you have been on, I know you started as a publicist and you've been a full-time content creator for several years now. So for my listeners, because I know a little bit more about your story than they do perhaps, but how did you know? I think that's like the number one question people are always asking themselves that I continue to ask myself sometimes. How did you know when it was time to take the leap and how did you push through that self-doubt and second-guessing and perfectionism that can come along with that type of life-changing decision. Yeah. So my story is interesting because I never wanted to be an entrepreneur. I always thought of myself as someone who's going to go and take over somebody else's company mm-hmm. <laughs> and be like the head of someone else's company. But that all came to a change when... Um, so essentially my goal Going into being a publicist and working in fashion PR was I wanted to be the head of a global luxury of a luxury brand. Like I wanted to oversee all PR for a luxury brand. And so I was working my way up towards that. And then I finally got that. I got the title head of PR or director of PR for a global luxury brand. And I realized I still was unhappy. Mm. I'd been spending so many years focused on this dream you know, pushing these microaggressions and hardships and pushing through the fact that I really was no longer passionate about this industry because I wanted that title. I wanted one specific thing. Yes. I was just like tunnel vision, you know, in in the worst way possible. And I got it. I was still very, very, very unhappy and depressed. And I have always been someone who has pretty thick skin when it comes to work. And I don't, you know, I'm not someone who cries at work. I'm a crier outside of it, but not in the office. Mm -hmm. And there was one day where things just came to a head with the designer. And I just like went into the bathroom and I just like, I called David and I like broke down and I was crying and I was just like, I don't know what to do. Like I'm having a panic attack. Like I literally was having a panic attack at the office and he was like, so quit. (laughs) And you and the listeners may not know David very well, but he is very, very, very risk adverse. He does not make any hasty decisions. He does not do anything. Jeff too. They're the same person, I feel like, very okay. similar. <laughs> they would get along as well. <laughs> Perfect. Yes. So that for me was just like a jolt. I was like, if this person who has to like look into the the bag of, of French fries to decide which French fry he wants to get is going to tell me <laughs> to make this leap, 
I need to just like do it. And so I ended up leaving and I wasn't entirely sure what my path was going to be. All I knew was that I had this blog. I had a little bit of a following on Instagram and I was going to try to figure it out. I think my growth uh, over the years was helped by the fact that I I did have like leadership positions before I left. And so I was really good at, you know, time management and managing my day and whatnot. So, so that came really, really easily to me, but it was more so the unknown that was very, very, very stressful. And I think once I came to the realization that I wasn't going to get paid unless I proactively went out there and searched for opportunities to be paid. That was what really like lit a fire under me to just be like more disciplined, more diligent and to like really hone in on like what I was working on and and trying to get my name out there in as many ways as possible. And I say that to say that when it comes to perfection, if I had sat there twiddling my thumbs and like going back and forth on like different ideas or like what would work, what looks best, I would never produce anything. And there were so many times where I had to tell myself like, Aisha, you have to just put it out there. You have to just put it out there. And it was so hard in the beginning because I wanted to be like, well, okay, if I'm going to make this switch, I need to make sure that everything I post is super polished, very like perfect so that everyone can be, you know, amazed and dazzled and also believe that I'm good at what I do and that I, that I essentially, that what I did was not in vain. So essentially I was, what I was trying to do was prove to people what I guess wasn't, what I wasn't confident about within myself, which was, did I make the right decision? And so I felt like if I didn't show up perfectly every single day and make sure that everything was amazing every single day or like with every piece of content that somehow everyone would find out that I wasn't doing so well, that I was struggling and that I'm not good at this and that maybe I should go back. And for a while that really, you know, held me down because I was making content and I was just like frustrated with the things that I was putting out there because it wasn't perfect. And I, you know, I wasn't getting the praise and the engagement and 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 whatnot that I felt like I deserved just yet. And I was listening to a podcast. It was actually, um, it was a podcast about like a startup company and the person was talking about their company and they were like, you know, we did a lot of back and forth on how we wanted this to look. And it was my first time ever hearing uh, the phrase MVP. I'm sure mm. people who work in business and, and finance and whatnot like know of that, but it was my first time hearing it. And I, it was like the the minimum viable product, I believe. Mm-hmm. And when I had heard that, I was like, hmm, okay, maybe that's how I need to now approach my work. As long as it is the minimum viable product, like it's good enough to go out there and then I can tweak it after a while then things will, you know, start to get into place. And I started to take on more of a trial and error, growth, learning, you know, student role when it came to my content. And that's something that I still do to this day. I'm I'm constantly challenging myself to try new things. Like on a monthly basis, I'm like on YouTube trying to learn new techniques for my camera or new shooting styles and and whatnot. And and that's really, really helped me to combat that need for perfectionism because like I said, I'm growing and I'm getting better. But it definitely took a while because at first, you know, going into this industry, no one knew who I was. I think I had like 3,000 and something followers when I started. And 
I just had to make a name for myself along the way. I started writing for various media outlets. I what else? I was doing so many different things. And I think at the two-year mark, right before the pandemic, I still wasn't making consistent income. And I was like, all right, I'm just going to have to make a decision. Am I going to go back to working in corporate and working in PR full-time and then put this on the back burner as a part-time gig? Or am I going to do something less glamorous and still have this as my, you know, my main focus. And I chose the latter and I ended up actually, not a lot of people know this, but I ended up working at a restaurant for a few months. And this was like at the beginning of 2020, I was like at a restaurant and I was like humbly, like cleaning the tables, taking orders. I was there on Saturdays and Sundays, like all day. And I was just like, you know, working because I really, really wanted this thing. And although it was a little, for me as someone who is a Howard university graduate and who had matriculated through, you know, a professional industry and whatnot, going back to a job that I had in college was very, very humbling for me. And, you know, it was, I I mean, the ease at which I decided to, I decided to do that and, and go in each day actually shocks me just thinking about it, but it's because I had a dream in mind and I knew that like, things may not be perfect right now, or I may not have everything I want right now, but because I'm doing this, I know I'll get it. And and then the pandemic hit and I lost my little, (laughs) I lost my little uh, restaurant job. And I was like, whoa, (laughs) I was like, like, I've done everything, everything. (laughs) Mm -hmm, Right. And what's crazy is the pandemic actually helped my boost me, my career tremendously. I think more people were at home, more people were locked in, people were paying attention, they were engaging, they finally were were taking a look at what I had to share. And when I realized that I could no longer go back to the restaurant, I was like, okay, well, I'm just going to challenge myself. I'm going to post every single day for for a month. And at that point, I had been posting like a few times a week, but I was like, I'm going to post every single day for an entire month and just like be very timely and help people because everyone's at home. So I'm going to start showcasing cooking and recipes or in cocktails and this, that, and the third. And that ended up really, really helping me because it was, I was adding value. I wasn't just showcasing like, you know, new natural hairstyles or new makeup techniques. I was actually thinking about like, what do people need? What do people want to see? What is going to help bring them joy during this very tricky time. And from there, a, coupled with Black Lives Matter, a lot of brands started reaching out to me and you know other creators of color mm-hmm. to work with. And I have not like I have not ha- had to pitch a brand since I want to say like maybe April or May of 2020. Um since then <laughs> I've <have> had <laughs> since then I've just had like an influx of um I've had an influx of brands reaching out to me to work with me pretty much every month since then. And my momentum has just like skyrocketed. And it's just, I I really feel like I, I have to owe it to the fact that I just hung in there. And although my, like I said, you know, my situation was a lot less than perfect and it may not have been the most glamorous and some days it isn't, it still isn't the most glamorous. I'm still sticking with it and I'm still growing and learning in the process. So that was my my story. <laughs> and I love it because it's been very inspiring and beautiful to watch the journey. I think I came into it where 
when we were both writing for Shine, RIP. And I think it was like your wash day meditation. And I had just recently gone natural and just really resonated with your content. And it was beautiful to see here is this gorgeous Black woman with flawless skin and beautiful 4C hair. I was just like, oh my gosh, she could be me if I were like, you know, a little taller <laughs> um, and a lot thinner. Uh, but, you know, it was just like, I saw myself reflected. I loved your energy and have just been watching and following ever since. And what I love is that you're so authentic with it. Like even now telling us, you know, in your own words, you'll know, start it from the bottom out. You're here kind of thing. Cause people can look a lot of times at content creators, influencers and the like, and think, oh, it was an overnight success. And they came upon these tens of thousands of followers overnight. And that was not the case. And you've been very transparent about that, which is, I know, it's rare. <laughs> you know, you don't see that all the time. And so I do, I appreciate that about you, that you brought us in and along with you on this journey is like, we're growing and we're learning with you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I've definitely compared to my peers, I've definitely had a very slow growth, <laughs> but it's, it's honestly been beautiful because I've been able to really build community. Mm-hmm. And I, I will say that that is the huge benefit of the slow growth because I don't have people who have just started following me in the boatloads because of like one or two viral videos, you know, and I, and I'm not pigeonholed to one type, one piece of content because of the fact that maybe I went viral. So I'm really grateful for the community that I built. And I, I always reference this, but I, when I was at the restaurant, it was a Sunday morning and I was listening to uh, TD Jakes's podcast. And he said something along the lines of, if, if you can't lead five people, then how are you going to lead thousands? And yeah. that like really, really, really resonated with me, with me because I there have been so many times where I've just been harping on, oh, I, why don't I have this many followers? Why am I not as big as other people? But when I stopped and decided to focus on who is here and who is engaged right now and like what they actually care about, what they want, what they need, that was when I saw things shift for me. When I stopped thinking about, okay, how many followers do I have today? That was when things really, really took a turn because I have been able to to really get to know my audience, to get to know the the person who follows Aisha Bo and what they want. And that's been like really, really beautiful. And also if you think about it, if I had 40,000 people in a room with me right now, I would be terrified. So <laughs> <laughs> so I am really, really, really grateful for the audience that I have and the growth, even though it's been slow, the growth mm-hmm. that I've been experiencing. Yeah. And not to bring everything back to Beyonce, but I do because... Girl, bring it back to her. Yes. <laughs> well, I remember when I was a guest on your podcast, Rewritten, which I will include this show notes so everyone can go and listen, subscribe and download. I remember very distinctly, we broke into song, like we were singing Jealousy from the Lion King soundtrack. Because mm-hmm. admitted to each other in a moment of vulnerability, the jealousy that we had of each each other. I think it was mm-hmm. me, your followers, and for you at the time, the bylines that I had in Zora, which also RIP media, y'all. It's just, <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's oh. a whole thing. And I know as people who are very much online, like we are, that social media envy is a thing. Even last night, uh, yesterday, I was looking because Tuesday's the day, you know, everyone announces their book deals and there's mm. authors that I follow. And I'm very grateful because I recognize that 
A, I've worked my ass off. Like I deserve this and my moment is coming. And a lot of people don't get here. And I'm still comparing myself to other people who are further along in their careers. I see the deals that they're getting, the amount of books that they've sold or the opportunities. And so how do you, as someone who is also very much online, deal with social media envy? Because it's a special kind of hell, <laughs> I feel oh like. Because it's like our jobs require us to be, you know, present and online. And so you can't help but see what other people are doing. And at the same time, we have to like keep our eyes on our own papers. So I'm selfishly asking how you navigate it because I could use some, some pointers. Oh my gosh. When you said a special kind of hell, I did not relate to anything more than that. Like (laughs) (laughs) it is bad because it's not like I can be like, I'm going to take a social media break for a month. Mm -hmm. I can't do that. Like I literally cannot. And I will get to a point in which I can, because my goal is to ensure that my business can flourish offline. Mm -hmm. That is like a huge goal of mine. But for now, I must be online. I must be engaged. And it's very, very difficult because like I said, my growth has been very slow. So I've seen some people who have like just started, literally they started in 2020 or they started two years ago or in 2021 and they are like huge now, you know, and I'm baffled all the time because I'm like, I'm comparing myself. I'm like, what is different about their content from mine? And I'm just like, if anything, I feel like I have, you know, I've, I've perfected this and I've done this and I've grown in this way. Like they're just standing in front of a wall, putting on clothes. Why is it that they're, (laughs) (laughs) you know, like these are the thoughts that are going through my head a lot of times. And one thing that I've, you know, one main thing is the mute button. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> Love that mute button. I was so happy when that feature rolled out because, yes. yes. Yeah. <laughs> I will be very, very real. That mute button is the quickest and easiest way for you to ensure that you no longer see that person who is like getting under your skin. Because I did have someone like that. Like, I don't even know her in real life, but I would just look at her content every single day and just talk down to myself every single day about it. And it got so bad that I was like, I just need to mute it. I need to mute it and just move on with my life. Another thing that I do is I have to lean into gratitude. I have to. It's like, it's the only thing keeping me alive. (laughs) I have to like think to myself and write out, you know, what am I blessed with currently? What is going well for me? What am I grateful for? What am I thankful for? You know, I do have these things and sitting here and comparing myself to someone else is only going to deflate me even more. So what is it that I can lean on and feel grateful for that's going to help to, to, you know, to keep me boosted. And I, you know, I've told you this before, but I like write out what I'm grateful for every single day. And that's been really helpful. Also, it's good to just remind yourself a lot of times, like why, like, I have to remind myself on a daily, if not on a weekly, if not daily basis that like I'm the shit. I am great at what I do and I'm not perfect by any means. I'm not the best yet, but I'm growing and I'm learning every single day. So I know it's like cliche to say, but those affirming words and affirming myself every day and throughout the day as I take a look at other people's work has been so helpful for me because there's this internal dialogue that I I can't allow to overcome me. So I have to counter it 
with these thoughts and with these affirmations. I have affirmations like plastered all over my wall. I, you know, write them down in my journal as well every morning. And I really try to recite them and talk back to myself like a crazy person all the time. And that's really helped me a lot when it comes to comparison. Also, I have to just not take a a month long <laughs> uh, social media break, but I have to, you know, be strict with myself on how much I am on social media, just mm-hmm. scrolling. Uh, I have to set those limits for myself. I think that that had contributed in the past to like low self-esteem within the industry because I just was sitting there scrolling, scrolling, scrolling instead of editing yeah. <laughs> or conceptualizing things. Like, you know, I had to set hard, hard, hard limits for myself and boundaries for myself on social media. So although I know I have to be on there every single day, I, you know, try to limit myself to maybe lunchtime I'll go on or like when I post something, maybe I'm on for like another 30 minutes or so, so I can reply to comments and engage with other people. Mm -hmm. But when you go down into that like black hole of just scrolling and scrolling, it leads to absolutely no good. And another tip that my my therapist helped, she was like, is there, because my therapist is an older woman, so God bless her because she's oh. trying to figure out what the heck I'm talking about. <laughs> but <laughs> she was like, is there another like outlet that you can that you can look at? Is there anything else that maybe brings you joy? And so since then, I've actually, I mean, I've always been a Pinterest girly, but now like if I have that urge to just sit and scroll, I go on Pinterest because there ain't no comments. Like there is no, you know, I can just go there, look at beautiful pictures, look at inspiration and just not feel as though I'm comparing myself to anyone else. And that's been really helpful. So, I mean, whether it's Pinterest, it's reading a physical magazine. That's something that I've also started doing recently where I'm like buying magazines again. Like I'm single-handedly like saving the industry, the print industry now. I appreciate it. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I'm like buying magazines now. We go to the grocery store. And, you know, those are the things that have been very, very, very helpful in in helping me to like curb that comparison. And, you know, listening to different stories. I like to listen to stories about people who are starting their own companies, whether it's, you know, and, and people who start companies that are completely different from mine, just to to remind myself that like not everyone is an overnight success. There's so many huge people who have had to work so hard and so long to get to where they are. So those are my tools. I hope that they were helpful for you. Mute button, look at Pinterest or read a book um, (laughs) and remind yourself every day why you're the shit. I love that. And it's also reminding me that I need to go back to Target and get another gratitude journal. I ran out of pages. Mm -hmm. I don't know about you, but I have like journals for everything. There's my therapy notebook, my Mm -hmm. regular journal, my gratitude journal, my planner, the one that I write all the ideas. It's just, there's a lot of notebooks in mm-hmm. on my desk. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm definitely the absolute same way. I have a regular journal, uh, my morning like gratitude manifestation affirmation journal. I have my therapy journal. And and then now recently I'm trying to like get hip and I use my iPad to write down like my to-do list. And then like I've written some like goals and manifestations in there. <laughs> So yeah. there's there's a lot going on, a lot of writing. It's everywhere. Shout out to the Notes app because I know I wrote yeah. like legit parts of the book in there, newsletters in there, social media <laughs> captions, notes for therapy. Yes. So I don't forget if I don't have my notebook on me, it's just, you know, mm-hmm. by any means necessary. So 
Absolutely. You just got to get it out too. I think that that's also going to be helpful. Yeah, Mm -hmm. uh, absolutely. And I know because this series I'm starting this summer, we're talking about soft girl summer based on soft life and especially how that shows up for and what it means for Black women. So we'd love to talk a little bit about what the soft life means to you and how you personally plan on doing that this summer. Yes, I love this. I love the soft life, quote unquote, trend. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) I mean, everyone's like this soft life trend, soft girl. Like, no, I love it. If if we're going to have a trend, let that be it. Let this be it. (laughs) Yes, exactly. I, I think that it's a beautiful thing to slow down and to be soft and allow yourself to be soft and to also remind people that you are soft as well and that they should treat you that way. And you are precious. Um, for me, living the soft life is about taking things slowly, easing into my day in the morning. I don't sleep with my phone in my room. So when I wake up in the morning, I am not like grabbing my phone immediately. My husband has a phone in the room, so we're safe just in case anything happens, but mine is not in the room. <laughs> and Jeff too, um, again, shout out to the yeah. husbands. They're the real MVPs. <laughs> right. Exactly. I'm like, it's when he's not here, then I'll have the phone in my room just mm-hmm. in case. Cause I've been asked that question before, but I don't sleep with the phone in my room. And I make sure that I start my day off very slowly. I take my time getting out of bed, getting out of bed. I make my bed. I then do some breath. I've started to incorporate breath work before my meditation, which has been really, really helpful, especially for people who are like high stress, high anxiety, like myself. It just helps you to really regulate your breathing, slow down your heart rate, and just like actually settle into the moment. So doing some breath work exercises and then meditation and then journaling And then I get into my day, then I'll answer text messages, then I'll answer emails or, you know, give people a call back, whatever that, whatever needs to happen. But I think the soft life is about taking things at your own pace, setting very, very strict boundaries with other people. And that for me is, is helping them to know, to learn how to treat you and how to approach you as well. Like, if you let people know, you know, I don't answer the phone before 9 a.m. text message or a call. I, you know, I don't talk on the phone after 10 p.m. or whatever time, or this is the time that I spend sitting with my husband on the couch. Like I'm very, very, very strict about those types of boundaries because I got to a point last summer where I was like answering the phone at all hours, talking to everyone. I was working super late. I was up when I was up in the morning, like before I meditated, I was like looking at my phone and texting people back. And it was just like, you're giving way too much of your energy to other people. And I feel like the soft life is about preserving that energy by any means necessary. So for me, I'm just going to continue to take things slow, set deep boundaries. And also I'm going to try new things like going out for walks. That's something that's been like big for me this spring. And that's going to go into the summer, like really becoming one with nature in a way, not like, you know, I'm not going to start like camping and stuff, but, you know, going outside, not today, I can't go outside today, but (laughs) going outside and, you know, really breathing in that fresh air and taking those moments to myself and giving my mind and body that space that it needs to just be at ease and to, you know, to feel its best. Also, I'm just big on like taking care of myself physically in 
many, many different ways. I love to get a manicure and pedicure. I know things can get really, really pricey and expensive. So, you know, if you have to do it for yourself, I think that's even, that's even better. Like go and get yourself like a little, a little tub to soak your feet in and give yourself your own pedicure. Like take that time and do something kind for yourself, whether on your own or you can go and outsource it. And I think that'll just make you feel better overall taking that time for yourself. So I'm like into, I've like told myself that I'm going to go and get, get my lashes done every two weeks. I'm going to try to uphold it because I used to try to do it, but like, but it was just, it was just so cumbersome, like fitting into my schedule, but I like getting my lashes done. This is very random. I like getting my lashes done because it's like an hour or if I'm getting a full set, like two hours where like, I can't look at my phone. Mm -hmm. I have to just lay there and like, you know, just, just be in that moment. So that's like another reason why I love it. Obviously. Yes. I like how I look afterwards, but I like anything that requires me to like not be on my phone. So I love a manicure for that reason. Specifically. I love getting my lashes done for that reason as well. And yeah, I think it's, it's like taking care of your mental health, your physical health, and then your social health, because we really don't take into account how much our social batteries play into how we show up and how we feel about ourselves. When we give, give, give to everyone else and everything else around us, yeah, we'll be the we'll get the award for being the best friend or the best daughter or, or sibling or wife. But at the end of the day, do you actually feel at your best? Do you feel good giving having given every single thing to everyone else? No. So that's where the the whole, you know, boundaries aspect of it comes in for me in being soft. I love every single thing about that. I'm just over here nodding away like yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> And more, I know, yes. I'm like a rambler, so <laughs> I am too. So I listen, we get each other. This is why we're friends. We are the same. <laughs> we see each other. Yes. Each yeah. Other. Yeah. I mean, and I think this like being soft is just a way of life. Like it's just and it's hard. It's one that you have to practice day in and day out. Like I'm not, I wasn't I, I will say that I didn't have like the easiest life growing up and I and I saw my mom work really, really hard. So and my grandma work really, really hard. So for me, soft is not necessarily something I would have aspired to be in the past. But now it's something that I know, you know, my livelihood depends on allowing myself to be soft and allowing myself to be vulnerable and to have rest. <laughs> you know, to take time to rest and to recharge. So yeah, I definitely encourage just finding what soft means to you. And from there, like really doubling down on it. Yes. All of that. And is there anything else, any last words you like to leave with our listeners? Of course, as where they can find you. But before that, is there anything else that's like weighing on your mind or as heavy on your heart that you want to share with people before we depart? Hmm. So I have this quote on my board by my by my desk that I look at every single day and it helps to just keep me grounded and and, and keep me happy and in the moment and pleased with my life. So I want to just read that quote yeah. and then kind of expound on it a little bit. Yes. So the quote is by Eckhart Tolle. And it says, stop looking outside for scraps of pleasure or fulfillment, for validation, security, or love. You have a treasure within that is infinitely greater than anything the world can offer. And I just love that quote because through my self-love journey and 
through this exploration of past trauma and just everything that I've been through and who I want to show up as and just what I want out of life, I've come to realize that self-care isn't about changing who you are or being someone or something else or moving away. It's it's honestly about like unearthing who you were and bringing to the forefront that person that is deep down inside of you who may have gotten pushed back or pushed away because of societal pressure or because of expectations of others or expectations of yourself that may not have been fulfilled. And so like, I really, really urge people to take their self-care journey and their self-care practice as a, a means to go inward and to to bring forth the the real them, who they are at their core. That is then going to bring you more fulfillment understanding that everything that you want and need and desire, the tools that you're searching for are already within you. And it just makes the practice a lot more fulfilling and I guess easier in a way because you're not fighting to be something that you're not. And instead you're just embracing all that you are. Well, can't top that. So <laughs> but there's such so a beautiful sick. quote and I will um I will find that to share in the show notes as well because I think it could be a really poignant reminder for listeners as well. Um and for myself too. So thank you for sharing that gift with us. You're so welcome. Now let us know where we can find you and keep up with you and all the things that you've got going on. Yes, absolutely. Well, first and foremost, you can follow me on Instagram at Aisha Bow. Also, if you want to take it a step further, I do have a weekly self-love newsletter and I just kind of pour my heart out every Monday. And, you know, there are usually some gems in there that can help to, to motivate you or to inspire you. And I also recently started a little broadcast channel on Instagram called Affirmations and Libations. So um, yeah, so join the broadcast channel if you're on Instagram. And as L'Oreal mentioned, I do also have a podcast rewritten. Um, We're on a slight hiatus right now, but you can binge all of my past episodes. And that podcast is also all about self-love and various ways in which you can lean more deeply into that. Thank you so much for joining us today. I just admire you, respect you. I love you. You're amazing. And so I appreciate you coming on and sharing your light with us as well. Oh, I love you too. And you know, I was going to say yes to this girl. I'm I'm just <laughs> like, I'm happy to be here and I'm just happy to talk to you. So this was, this was fantastic. And I'm wishing you all the success with this. I can't wait till your book comes. I pre-ordered Thank it. You. So I'm really excited. <laughs> I cannot wait. I cannot wait. Thank you. Thank you. And you're also in the book. Um, and so everyone stay tuned, you know, for that as well. Um, lots of great interviews in there with a lot of amazing women. So it's going to be a good, a good time. Thank you so much for listening to the LT in a city podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, I encourage you to share it with a friend and ask them to check it out too. Resources and links from today's episode are available over on the show notes. And as always, you can find me on social media at LT in the city. Thanks again for tuning in. This is the LT in the city podcast, and I'm L'Oreal Thompson-Payton. Until next time.